0: Exploring Chiropractic, episode 53 The Master Student with Dr. Noah Voles. Welcome back to another episode of Exploring Chiropractic. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Cashin, and in this episode, I speak with Dr. Noah Voles, a fellow podcaster and YouTuber who is the author of a new book specifically for chiropractic students. It is called The Master Student, and it is now available on Amazon. Noah and I discuss his path to chiropractic and what led him to create the second known Chiropractic Student podcast, uh, which has many more episodes than I've completed. And then we go on to discuss his new book and how it may help you as a chiropractic student uh, set goals and realize your dreams of graduating and becoming a accomplished chiropractor. Stay tuned until the end of the episode and I'll tell you how five of you can earn a free copy of his book and I hope you enjoy my interview with Dr. Noah Voles. Welcome everybody to another episode of Exploring Chiropractic. My guest today is Doctor Noah Voles. Um, You may know him as the host of DC2B Revolution podcast and YouTube channel. He is uh, now a practicing chiropractor and author of the new book, The Master Student, which uh, will be a series. And I'm really looking forward to learning more about it. Welcome, Noah.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, this is so fun. Now. Um, I used to start my podcast by saying the only chiropractic student podcast. And then <laughs> you came along and I couldn't say it anymore. Although now I'm, you're I'm not sorry. really do you're not actively doing the podcast, so I guess I can start saying it. You can, yeah. Yeah. Although I'm not a student anymore. Um I know, but it, I was, it was so cool to see, you know, another chiropractic student who had a kind of a similar idea and wanted to use this amazing tool that we have that's quote unquote free. <laughs> it, co- it takes a lot of your time. It does. Um, so thanks for joining me and talking about the new book. And uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of things because I'm, uh, I think we have a lot in common, um, a lot of things that we can talk about, a lot of probably unique thoughts that we have for students as far as where they should be spending the time and what they should be doing. Um, But let's first introduce you. Uh, When you were young, growing up as a kid, what did you want to be?
1: Actually, when I was young, growing up in a kid, I I just looked through a, a photo album that my parents, you know, kept back in the day when you had the actual photos. And, um, and there was that (laughs) question, (laughs) what, I think I was five years old or something. It was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, uh, I wrote in there, I wanted to be an actor. Oh, really? Um, and luckily I, uh, you know, I look kind of like Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh,
0: just a week or two ago, I finally watched, um, Dr. Strange. There we go. And yeah, a couple of times I was like, Hmm. There's some
1: similarities here. Yeah, right. So uh, I didn't I haven't become an actor yet this lifetime. At least I have a doppelganger who, you know, is a highly successful, excellent actor. So living vicariously through him. Yeah, so I kind of started my journey with healthcare uh, immediately after college. I did a yoga teacher training um, and started teaching yoga. And I'm, I'm teaching some workshops now in terms of yoga, but it's been about 18 years that I've been a yoga teacher kind of off and on. Um, and the yoga led me into uh, the science of medicine from India called Ayurvedic medicine, which is very diet uh, lifestyle focused, uh, form of medicine. So I got a, um, a degree in that as well and worked for a uh, college teaching, uh, students about Ayurvedic medicine. And then that led me into massage therapy. And, uh, a lot of these kind of the Ayurvedic practices, um, also interface really well with massage. And so I started to do uh, massage therapy and yeah, and now just layered on, Uh, chiropractic on top of that so that's been the journey
0: yeah so you're almost going kind of east to west yes are you going to end up going into traditional medicine or some other
1: (laughs) i am applying to do school no just kidding Um, (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) yeah it has definitely crossed my mind many times um yeah, I really, I'm really interested in that integration, collaboration between kind of the East and West. That that seems to be a theme that continues to come up through my life um, of of building some sort of bridge between the more mechanistic, physical, and the more holistic um, approaches to the human body and to medicine.
0: And did this did this broad-ranging interest lead you to create the podcast?
1: No, actually the podcast was very specific to chiropractic. I think the broad-ranging interest um really influenced me to kind of put myself out there more. Um since I had all that kind of underlying experience, I think I've always had this real uh curiosity. And so uh, when I got in school, I was like, I'm just not getting the influences that I anticipated when I was in school. And so the podcast was kind of a way for me to uh, continue to go down that rabbit hole of curiosity and and learn the things that seemed really relevant to me at the time.
0: That's very interesting. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of had a similar feeling, um, although it was more around, um, at least at the time when I was in school, it was more around I know this program really well, University of Western States, and I've heard a little bit about others, but I was really curious, what are other students learning and how is it different and what am I missing out on? Um, And it's certainly grown from there to where I'm now reaching outside of student-focused things. You know, I'm just curious about the profession and any tangentially related things as well. Um, But... Yeah. So that's, that's interesting that you kind of had that same curiosity and and just maybe not feeling fully satiated with the stuff you were learning in school. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I think that's accurate. And I mean, very similar to you. It's so interesting the the parallels in our journey. Um, So I, I, at one point I did like a spreadsheet of all of the bookstores at all of the chiropractic colleges and got in touch with all of them and said, Whoa. What, what's the recommended, re- what's the required reading list for you as a chiropractic college? Because in my mind, I was like, well, it ultimately what we learn comes down to the textbooks that we're learning them, learning the information from. And so I wanted to see like if there was some continuity between what I was learning at Life West, between Western States, between University of Bridgeport, and just kind of get a sense of like, okay, like, are we all on the same page here? You know, what, what, what page are we actually on? And that project turned out to be extremely difficult. Many, many of those colleges Hmm. wouldn't share that information with me. Many of them didn't actually have like a list and it would have taken them a lot of work to kind of create that. Um, But yeah, so I think that is true that I kind of uh, I kind of wanted to understand the whole profession, not just my particular school's impression of the profession. And that's what led me to the podcast.
0: I can imagine that would have been a difficult project because we certainly didn't have required texts, other, maybe two or three, you know, anatomy, not even biochemistry. It was just the professor's own notes. It was a packet of notes they would give. And I, you know, we say that uh, textbooks are always 10, 15 years behind the research, which is fine, but there's not always a lot that changes in 10 to 15 years when you're talking about, you know, fundamental basic information. And I'm a big fan of, of reading textbooks. And, uh, I think it's, you know, a lot of the guests I read, that's something they were, you know, really passionate about too. So interesting. That's interesting. So tell me a little bit more about DC to be revolution and, and, I mean, how would you come up with the idea of a podcast and a YouTube channel? Why not just talk to people on your own?
1: Yeah, so I was I was, um, I was a, journal, a student journalist, so I wrote articles for our student paper. And um, I don't really know how it is at uh, every other chiropractic college, but at our college, there was uh, some things from the administration and from the teachers would kind of get lost in translation by the time they got to the students. And so I, in a way, I took it upon myself to uh, translate some of that information through the student perspective and present that to the students as a student journalist for the paper. And so I started interviewing uh, controversial figures on our campus, you know, people who were putting policies in place that nobody agreed with from the student body or everybody was complaining about um, and trying to reframe those conversations in a way of like, okay, like this is our perspective, this is their perspective and, and, and create some more dialogue. Um, and so that was kind of where I started. And then, uh, I came across, uh, a YouTube channel called Lux TV, uh, a TCC student created that. And when I saw that, I was like, Oh, I can do this in a much broader way. Right. I can get many more of these perspectives and kind of see a much broader picture and so that's when I started to um, create the podcast because initially I just felt like my conversations with people were so valuable. All the interviews that I was doing were so valuable. But then when I put it in paper form, it was only a small segment of that conversation. So I really wanted to kind of share uh, my experience and share the information and and get more students aware of uh, everything that's going on in the profession. So that was really Kind of what pushed me um, into the podcast and the YouTube channel, and because I'm naturally kind of an introvert, so it was a little bit of a a push, um, but it's worked out.
0: You know, I feel this this medium is actually ideal for introverts because you can control the entire environment, right? And you don't have to do too much in person. So, I mean, that's why I gravitated. I've been listening to podcasts for over ten years, and you know uh you you get comfortable with certain podcast shows that you listen to and kind of insert yourself into the dialogue, and so I guess I always uh imagine myself there so so what lessons did you learn from from the d c to b revolution podcast and youtube channel
1: yeah, I mean there i since i interviewed so many people every lesson was very different but the overarching theme that i really came to uh was really starting to understand the landscape of chiropractic and what i was getting myself into and i think before that i didn't re- really fully understand and i think most students probably don't fully understand the profession as a whole and the schools i think do a good job of kind of presenting the the profession in a very specific way. Um, and so I feel like everybody who comes out of school then eventually uh, starts to actually see what the profession is all about and it may or may not correlate well with whatever the school kind of presented to them or the you know the impression that they got initially so, The huge advantage to me was to start to learn about that while I was in school and start to kind of map out my career while I was in school instead of waiting until I graduated and then trying to figure out where I wanted to fit into the whole, you know, umbrella of chiropractic.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Did did you notice that there was a kind of a point of almost disillusionment for a lot of students when they started realizing that this profession wasn't exactly what they thought.
1: I mean, I had my own personal, uh, experience with kind of a disillusionment of like, Oh, Oh, okay. Like the, you know, whatever I was sold by the school to enroll into the program Didn't, uh, didn't pan out to be exactly what I was getting myself into once I started to learn a lot more about the, the program. And, and I think some of that disillusionment also correlated strongly with the amount of overwhelm and burnout that I was experiencing in school. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it was, it was, yeah, it was a very hard lesson because I was like feeling that disillusionment and wondering if I'd made the right choice, but also Having so little resources to kind of figure out if I'd made the right choice because I was pretty burnt out at that point by by the time I figured that out
0: and I think you make a good point that there's very few resources for students to you know to really get a, a full view of what the profession is or can be um, and then once they're in it there's not a lot other than basically just getting wisdom passed down from Upper tries or upper quarter students
1: yeah, I mean that was that was definitely my experience and you know and that's why I think resources like you know your podcast, my podcast, the YouTube channel um, you know any sort of resource that can kind of help students see multiple sides or multiple perspectives um, is really useful because uh, yeah, because we do kind of get, Um, in school we do kind of get a very specific kind of impression of what the profession is going to be like and that may or may not be true for a lot of people and for a lot of
0: people who are going into the profession because say a particular chiropractor that inspired them that's still a very narrow viewpoint a very specific approach Uh, that was my case you know I had a chiropractor I would go to for years and um man, now that my perspective has grown I'm like this guy was just one in a million and maybe not in a great way like he just had very particular ideas that I've never heard anybody talk about not to mention all the different technique systems and everything. So what I loved about about DCDB Revolution was that wide variety of people that you interviewed from each end or every point around the continuum, um, you know, whether you call them vitalists or principled chiropractors or evidence-based or mixers or whatever. I mean, I think you really covered it all.
1: Yeah. And, and initially that wasn't really intentional. You know, it, I just, as I started to learn more, I started to figure out what, what I was really interested in and started to reach out to kind of different, uh, people than I initially started with. Um, but the, the one thing that I found that really interesting was, you, you know, there are a lot of differences, I think, between all the different, uh, factions and techniques and stuff. But ultimately every chiropractor really wants to help people and wants to make a living, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of comes down to the same principles and, and everybody has a little bit different way of thinking that, you know, of doing that or, figuring out what is going to accomplish that. Um but ultimately like really we all want the same thing. We just kind of have a different path of getting there. Um and so that was that was part of the podcast and also part of the book of like okay, what what's your path for getting there? You know, everybody's path mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit different and I think it is important to put your time and energy behind the organizations or the people that you feel like are are moving the profession in the direction that you want the profession to move. Um, But ultimately it's really an inside job. You know, ultimately it's figuring out like what's really right for you uh, in the spectrum of things and not getting too confused or too distracted so that you can really stay on, you know, stay on point with all the, you know, all the things that are really going to help you, long-term instead of, you know, all the different techniques that are out there. It can be easy to get distracted.
0: Yeah. I I say it all the time. You know, one recruiter or, you know, doctor, um, before I got into school kind of said, keep your options open because once you go through school, you may want to do something completely different. And I think that's true. You're going to learn a lot, but I think it's also important to maintain that motivation that, that got you to do the, make that decision in the first place, right? Like keep looking back and saying, this is why I wanted to become a chiropractor. And I think we need to hang on to that to maintain the drive and the motivation throughout the program.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, um, so much of the school environment and so much of, uh, the profession as a whole is really, uh, you know, set up to not necessarily to take your motivation away, but just to spread your motivation out in too many directions. And as you get more spread out in all these different directions, it becomes much harder to maintain that, that motivation. Um, So, you know, a lot of what I talk about in the book is just like kind of daily practices or procedures or, or, or strategies, things that you can do to kind of check in every once in a while and go, all right. This was my motivation for being here. This is what I really want to get out of this. Am I actually getting that? Is that is that really happening? And if it's not happening, then pivot, recalibrate. You know, change something. You know, dig in deeper on something else. Um, but I think when you're in that state of overwhelm, or when you're in that state of uh, you know, uh, when you're just feeling burdened, then it's hard to actually take a step back far enough to figure out all right, is where I'm putting my energy right now, where I want to be putting my energy. And so front-loading that and actually creating a mindset before you start school or early in school can help when you're, you know, further down the pike and really having a hard time, uh, you know, staying, staying motivated.
0: I like that. In, in part of the book, you talk about um, setting up a structure that takes away the need to make decisions, over and over and i find that so true like when you're you know deep into finals mode and something comes up whether it's making dinner or whether it's what do i study next man your brain is not in the place to make a rational or even a well-informed decision at the time so it's a great idea to do it even months before to say this is where i'm going to or this is what i'm going to do on this day at this time
1: Yeah. You know, auto automating as many of those decisions as you can, you know, whether it's, uh, food prepping and kind of eating the same thing for finals week so that you don't really have to think about it. You know, that's just like, this is, this is the fuel I eat for finals week. I don't have to make those food decisions or whether it's bundling, you know, all your social media email time or bundling your relaxation time, Uh, anything that you can do to, um, to really consolidate your energy. And uh, so you can use that energy for the, you know, the things that are, whether it's passing your finals or whether it's another big project. So you can use that energy for something that's really important to you. Because um, I think sometimes we get a little bit stuck in school, especially in finals week or when things are really hard. And we actually use our energy for things that aren't important or aren't really what we want to be using our energy for um, or our attention for that matter. And so anything that we can do to kind of create some structure and some systems to hold ourselves accountable, to staying focused on the things that really matter to us, um, the better, you know, the better our experience will be overall. So the book
0: is the master student, and this is the first in the series. Um, have you planned out how many, uh, books you're going to do?
1: Yeah, there's, uh, there's three, Um, so, uh, there, the second one is about three quarters of the way written. We were talking pre-roll about, you know, I'm, I've started focusing on book two and kind of finishing that up. Um, and that one is all about learning strategies. Um, you know, from my own experience of trying to improve my learning style while I was in school, um, I'm also blessed because my brother is in education policy and like, that's Mm -hmm. his MO is. Figuring out how people learn. Um, so I get to kind of leverage that relationship a little bit. Um, and then the third is uh, what I'm calling like a parallel curriculum. So, you know, initially I talked about that spreadsheet that I was trying to create with all of the textbooks that all the chiropractic schools use. And I was like, well, I'm just going to create my own. And if I was to go through chiropractic school again like what is the parallel curriculum what are the things that i think are really important to master by the time you get out of school in that three three and a half year period Um, that are probably covered but to bring a little bit more attention to those foundational elements that are really that i find really important and that i think other students would find important as well
0: That's very cool. I have, I've had so many similar thoughts I've done a couple of videos on, on a few things I've found. So I'm going to be, um, real excited to see books two and three. Um, but let's kind of back up to get to the beginning of book one. You've divided it into two parts, being remarkable, which is all about mindset and, and kind of coming up with a big idea of what you want to do. And then time management, which we've touched on a little bit. Um, Why these two topics in the first book?
1: Well, the, you know, the book, so I'll talk a little bit about kind of my book writing process. So initially it was going to be one big book. Um, And then as I started to kind of do work with my developmental editor on the book, after I kind of brain dumped all of the things that I thought were relevant and useful, um, from my own experience and from the experience, uh, reflected from all the podcast guests. Um, I started to realize that it, it was almost like three stages, so to speak. And I felt like that initial stage was really the mindset and then creating, you know, the time management or, or creating the, the system or structure that could facilitate maintaining that mindset. Um, because I think we, most students come to school with a really strong mindset. You know, they're already tenacious and they're already, you know, have a lot of the qualities that are necessary to succeed in graduate school. But it's the, the maintaining that, you know, it's the it's not a sprint. All it's a marathon. Through. Yeah, it's yeah. maintaining that the entire time yeah. uh, and especially getting back to that. Well, after a really difficult semester, after a really difficult finals week or after board exams and uh, in being able to get back to that as quickly as possible.
0: when you take a break between semesters and realize life could be more enjoyable on the beach in Bali or wherever. Yeah. Well, I went to
1: Mexico for my break. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's really a sacrifice that you take. Um, and it's hard to maintain that. So I think it's good to, to plan and prepare for that ahead. Um, I like that you started out with, with two kind of exemplary chiropractors, Dr. Moreau and Dr. Malilo. Um, a lot of people I'm sure know Dr. Moreau from the U S Olympic training committee and, um, you know, the, the medical director for the previous Olympics. And one of my favorite speakers still, when I go to conferences, Um, what did you learn about him? What's, what's the key takeaway from his example?
1: For, for me, you know, what I really learned from Dr. Moreau is that he, um, you know, he let the, his merit come first and then let all of the opportunities come to him. And so I, I kind of, you know, while I was in school and I think even now it's kind of, I've, I've noticed there's this idea of like, I'm a chiropractor. I'm the best at what I do. I just need to show up and then everybody is going to automatically love me. And, um, what Moreau did, which I thought was so valuable is he, he built value, uh, and then people started to, to come to him. You know, he, He showed up, he started volunteering. He showed up every day. He learned the necessary skills for being on the sideline for helping Olympic athletes. And over time, people started to see that he was a really valuable component to the overall medical team for the Olympics. And so then they started to give him more and more responsibility after he'd kind of proven himself, so to speak. Um, and I think, uh, in my own experience, what I've seen is that there's a lot of people that don't prove themselves and, uh, and then just keep asking for more responsibility before they've Mm -hmm. actually shown that they can, uh, take on that responsibility and and do it well. And so I, I really appreciated how he kind of played the long game and really like took the time and, and facilitated the relationships and, you know, stuck to that and really, um, eventually, you know, now he's the medical director of the Olympics, which is, I think, probably many sports chiropractors' dreams. Um, and he's kind of paved the yeah. way for a lot of other people.
0: Yeah, I'm certainly guilty of, of what you talk about of, of kind of having an idea of where you want to get and just trying to get there as quickly as possible, rather than figuring out what's what's the path that you need to take. Um, yeah, it, really inspiring um, example. I think he's. Uh, probably one of the best to look to right now in the profession. Um, You talk a lot about overcoming setbacks and that there's these, these dips that we go through and people have described this in different ways. Um, I think it's uh, David Butler, uh, you know, of, of the Noy group who has an article about the roller coaster of the professional life and how you, Um, you know, you learn at least once you graduate, you learn a new technique and think that's everything. And then you do it for a while, get good. And then you realize, oh, this isn't everything. (laughs) And it's similar in chiropractic school. I mean, you, not just are you learning techniques, but you're learning the basic sciences and then you're like, oh, okay, I know these. And then, oh, wait a minute. Now we have to move on and like, just leave that all behind. I mean, how do you deal with that?
1: I mean, there's, there's multiple strategies that I found. And I actually, I don't know if, if Bobby maybe coined this for uh, phrase, but something I've heard him say is connecting the dots instead of collecting the dots. And, oh, nice. yeah. and so I think, you know, one, uh, like you're talking about with David Butler, like when you're on that roller coaster, it's kind of like you, you collect all this knowledge, right? You collect all this new knowledge and you're like, Oh yeah, this is. You know, ART is the panacea. All I need to do is learn that technique and then I'll be, you know, have all the patients I need. Um, but what I, what I found in my own experience is like, actually, it's more about, co- you know, it's more about connecting all of those different dots. And, and so you can, you know, keep filling up your mind with all of this knowledge. There's plenty of knowledge out there. I mean, school is a great example of just drinking from this huge fire hose, but the really amazing chiropractors, I feel like, uh, are able to, you know, connect the dots in kind of a new way. Um, And that, you know, that's part of that first chapter of remarkability, like, how are you going to connect the dots in a different way than other people have done? Or how are you going to connect those dots in a way that gets you the best results for your patients or for yourself, even as a student Mm -hmm. learning, you know, like instead of just like collecting all this information, like how do I connect all of these different things so that I have a deep understanding of basic anatomy of arthrokinematics of, you know, functional movement, whatever it is that really like you're really interested in. Um, and I, and I think that's what starts to help you overcome those, those setbacks because they're inevitable. You're going to experience them, but the more that you've kind of made these, uh, connections, um, with the information or with other people that can help you kind of move through that and get to the next stage, you know, it's almost like a, a video game of sorts. Like you're, you know, you're going to lose a life. You're going to die at some point during the video game, but you get back in it and you try and get to the next level.
0: You mentioned a couple times, this <clears throat> tendency to kind of just end up going with a flow and, and there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of other students who, um, who decide that there's a good enough, Right there's just, that just passing the tests is good enough, um getting to the next step in your education is good enough um, and that it's important to resist that and and again, always come back to that motivation um, I mean that certainly happened. you know so many students would uh, you know say this "seize to get degrees, and they were content and satisfied because it gave them more you know school life balance um but man it's so difficult to realize that there comes a time where that deeper understanding and deeper knowledge that you could have gained really does actually come into play
1: yeah yeah i mean I I want, I'm really curious about what it was like 20, 30 years ago, you know, when, when students were going in through school. Um, but I know for myself, when I was going through school, that definitely, it wasn't what was going to get me the best results. It was, what's the easiest path here? You know, Mm -hmm. what's the, what's the path of least resistance? How do I pass this test How do I pass this exam? How do I, you know, have as much fun as possible? And, and all, all of that, you know, is important. You got to pass the exams. You got to pass your boards. You got to have some fun. Um, but, you know, I think that the, the challenge is, like you said, maintaining the motivation and also having a, having a big enough vision of the skill set that you want to come out of school with. So, you know, there's a lot of people that focus on getting the degree and the degree is important, but then there's just as many people that focus on having the, the doctor skill set, the doctor toolbox and coming out of school and being able to explain, you know, what happened to somebody, why it happened, how long it's going to take for that thing to, to resolve based on, you know, their experience and the latest research. And actually like, uh, play that doctor role. Cause that's really what people are looking for. They're looking for answers. Um, and so yeah. if you don't, if you haven't done the groundwork, you don't have the answers to give people. And it's really hard to build rapport without that.
0: And you're going to have to learn it at some point. So I think uh, it comes back to this, this, um, preparation stage of planning ahead and, and accepting that you're going to get to that moment where it's going to be about survival right? Especially midterms and finals weeks. And that's when you make those decisions of, okay, I just got to get good enough. Um, but if you can spread it out over the entire semester, there's enough time and enough resources to actually achieve that, that next level. I really like that. Um, how do you think, uh, part of the thing that I always come back to is like, is, is determining what is that motivation? Like we all want to be a doctor. We all want to at some point help patients. Um, but, but how do you determine what is it that really drives you?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, my answer is probably different than many other people's answer, uh, because of my background in yoga and my background in meditation, you know, I, for myself have found that, Uh, you know, quieting the mind, spending time in nature, uh, just giving myself enough space to let the answers come to me instead of searching for the answers outside of myself um, has been the best way to kind of to navigate that. And at least in my own experience, what's been interesting about that is it's uh, the answer is changes over time. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a, uh, I think we think that some people do have that experience where like they, you know, get some information and like, Oh my gosh, this is me. This is what I'm going to do. This is my genius. And they just like run with that. But I, I think for most of us that it, it's almost a moving target of sorts and it's changing over time. And I think that's what makes it, uh, difficult to, um, you know, for those of, as it's changing, I think that that can be challenging because what was true for you 10 years ago is not no longer true for you now. And so you have to adapt to that and kind of move with that and move in that direction. Um, and so for myself, like in the, in the quiet, I really, I really work with my, with the feeling of it and think about like, how does, you know, whether it's a technique or whether it's, how does this make me feel like how, do I get a, a lot of joy and happiness and excitement about practicing in a certain way or learning this new material and, and actually taking a step back and checking in on that? So, so that's what's worked for me. But really, in the in the book, I just try and present a lot of different uh, pathways to finding that remarkability or finding that calling, so to speak, um, so that people can kind of figure out what resonates with them and then follow that thread and have, you know, almost the same way as the, as everything else, like have some sort of system for continuing to, to check in, to refine, to determine whether or not you're moving in the direction you actually want to be moving. And if you're not, then you're the only one who's responsible. Like you're the one who has to make the change, your, your coaches, your mentors, your boss, your you know, administrators, none of them are going to know you well enough to tell you when it's time to change. So you really have to uh, know yourself well enough to to make the change when it's time to change.
0: It's a challenge of self-reflection and uh, really being honest. Yeah. And that, again, that can be tough to do when you're in the middle of the program. So I think I really appreciate that you've put this out there, that you've encouraged students and prospective students to consider these things ahead of time. Um so, the book is the master student. This is book one coming out September first. Available on Amazon as Kindle. Are you going to have print books as well?
1: Yeah, I will. I just uh, uploaded my print uh, print book. It'll be black and white. I think it'll be like five ninety nine or something. So I will have print Excellent. versions. And I'm working on an audio book, but that probably won't happen for another three three months. So
0: okay, that's that's a huge project. Just doing that. Yeah. Um, where can listeners find you to, uh, to keep tabs on when the other books come out and learn about everything else that you're doing?
1: Yeah. So, um, I just kind of threw up a website. I, I, I haven't really, I wasn't even planning on publishing these books. I just had a friend, I gave him the book. He was like, this is amazing. You have to publish this. So right now it's drnoavoles.com. Um, you can see some of my blog posts. There's a bunch of resources on there that go along with the book. Um, and if you give your email address, it will send you to the Amazon page where you can get the book. And then I'll have that uh, so I can keep in touch with people that way and kind of let them know when the, the other two books come out.
0: Great. And a lot of uh, free resources I see on your website that go along with the book um, you know, kind of walk students through some of the things that you're talking about. So really great resource. I'm, I enjoyed reading it. Um, I wish I had it, you know, five years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: thanks a lot for joining me on the podcast. We'll keep in touch and hopefully do it again when the second book comes out.
1: Sounds great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Exploring Chiropractic. If you enjoyed that interview and found it informative and helpful, please head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play Podcasts, wherever you are listening to this podcast, and leave a review. Send it to a couple friends who may be interested in this book. And for sticking it out to the end, I'm going to give five of you a free copy of Noah's new book. All you need to do is head on over to Facebook to Noah's Master Student Facebook group. A link is in the show notes and drop a note in there saying, I heard about this on Exploring Chiropractic tag, Exploring Chiropractic. And the first five of you will uh, receive a direct message from me with a copy of the book. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again in a next episode of Exploring Chiropractic.